sometime soon, very okay. soon. <laughs> you got a word, though? You got a word, though? Test, 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 test. All right. Come and find your way back to your seat, if you can. Take one more minute and find your seat. Go to your class. Yes, go. Go. All right, let's come on back and find our seats. We're going to get into the Word of God. I know you hear me. We're going to get into the Word of God. Somebody said yay. There we go. There we go. We got a lot of really good stuff happening today, actually. If you didn't notice, the baptismal's out. We're going to celebrate a baptism today. Um, so good. Um, and just to be clear, in case it wasn't clear, um, Hi, Ron. Did you have a good birthday? We're going to get started now. You want to get into the Word with us? That would be awesome. Uh, the 4th of July hang is not happening this year. That's why we're doing the potluck on the 16th. We'll try to plan better for next year and see what we can do to hang out. Um, Becky Rudowdy didn't share this as a word, but it's a good word. Is she here? There you she is. Um, she said, oh, I saw this from my friend on Facebook today. How many of you get words from the Lord on Facebook? It happens. All right, says this, God is still writing your story, quit trying to steal the pen, and trust the author. Isn't that a good word? Trust the author. Well, that's such a good word for you, Becky, because I hear today's a very special day. I hear it's your birthday. Happy birthday! So I have a word for you, Becky, on this birthday. God's still writing your story. Don't take the pen and trust the author. Now, I wanted to take a moment to celebrate you, Becky, because as uh, someone mentioned today that was your birthday, a very special birthday. I don't know if you want numbers out there or anything, but very special birthday. And what I realized is I would say you're probably the, maybe one of the most unsung heroes of our spiritual family. Those of you that heard the story, and I'm not going to spend forever telling it, but the beginning of this church, as we referenced already today, was on the campus of MSU. There was a young man named Mike Ridowdy who came to know the Lord and found Professor Moncrief, a Christian professor. They started this Bible study. Fast forward, here we are. That's this church. But do you know how Mike Ridowdy met the Lord? Following that young woman to a Christian meeting. He, he didn't want, with you. He didn't want to lose her to Jesus. Uh, so Becky, thank you. We wouldn't be here without you. That's a true story. God writes good stories. That's right. Well, I'm glad he followed you to Jesus. I'm glad you're following Jesus. Um, 
I'm not going to mention your number, but I did look it up in biblical symbols. Um, it's really good. The, the number you turn uh, in celebration of your life on earth today symbolizes perfect spiritual order carried out with all spiritual power. It's going to be a good year. Good decade. Let's go. Um, another little announcement. Um, for those of you who, who know the Lee family, another sort of founding family of this church, uh, the Lee's son, Josh Lee, is a missionary we support uh, ministering to kids in inner city New York, New York City, Brooklyn specifically. Um, I just found out he's going to be with us next Sunday. So um, if you know who he is, you know you want to be here. If you don't know who he is, you want to be here. Uh, he's awesome. Sister Rebecca and family are going to be here as well. Yeah, maybe Barry and Kim will be here. I know they're coming from the memorial. So lots of family coming around these days. Uh, so just wanted you to be aware of that. Um, so this summer is going to be really great. Um, just want to give you all a heads up. I'm calling it a summer in the spirit. I mean, we're always in the spirit, right? But just want you to know, like, there's sort of a, a, a way the Lord's orchestrating our summer. And part of our Sunday mornings is you're going to have a lot of special speakers um, Josh is going to be here. Some other people are going to be here. Um, but also our kids and youth are doing some really cool stuff. Um, the kids through the summer months are really diving in, thanks to Meredith and her great leadership with the kids, diving into um, learning to talk to God and hear from the Holy Spirit and express that in different forms of prayer. So I'm really excited for our kids to be equipped in their relationship with God. And our youth are going through um, the summer um, revival stories, and they're just reading the accounts of God moving in our nation and the nations of the earth so that they can have the Lord inspire them to be a part of what he's doing in their generation. Isn't that good? And then uh, Marvin's heading that up, and they're diving in today. So we're going to get into the Word of God. As I said, if you have a Bible, open it up to Acts chapter 10, um, and we'll get there in just a minute. Um, We've been in the book of Acts for a while, actually for months and months uh, in our Empowered series, really just talking about the church's story. That's us, not Spirit of Christ Church specifically, but the church, the people of God, uh, the church that was born and is uh, accounted for there in the book of Acts. This is a story we're still living. The, the story, uh, the account, the testimony, if you will, that is in the pages of the book of Acts, also known as the Acts of the Apostles, is our story. It's our testimony. And so I just want to say um, the church's story, history, testimony is still relevant because it's still being written today through us by the power of the Spirit. And that, that's what we see chronicled there. That's what we are walking in now. And without that, um, we wouldn't get to walk in what we, and hear the testimonies we hear, live the life we're living. Um, and so as we're walking through this, I want you to get that reality in these pages that this isn't just a story, first of all, fictional. It's true. And it's not just an account from long, long ago. It's the first chapters of what we get to walk in today. And actually, today really is going to bring some of that uh, really home and full circle, and it's really fun and, and exciting way. So I'm excited to dive in. Um, 
you know, when, and so let me frame it up like this before we jump. We're going to read the whole chapter of Acts 10, so just buckle up. Uh, <laughs> I know that's not always the case. You come, we don't read huge chunks of the Bible, but I promise you won't be disappointed. The Word of God is always good. It's always living, always active. But the story, the, the testimony we're going to read about today talks about how when we, you and I, this is our story, are walking in friendship with Jesus, he's going to lead us to people who are hungry and who are longing to know him because he knows them and he's after them. He hears their cries, he hears their prayers, and many times he's drawing near to them by the Spirit, but then he's drawing near to them by sending you. That's what we see here. That's what we're going to see here in the story, and I love it. Um, the, The people, there are people everywhere that you know and don't know who really have hearts bent to know God. They really, 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 really want to know him. Um, We get an idea sometimes that there's people who, uh, so many people in the world who are lost, and in one sense they are, in that they haven't yet met Jesus, but we can get the idea that they're so lost they don't want Jesus, and that is not always the case. Every human heart is longing and made to know Jesus. And there are some who maybe look very lost, but are really looking for the truth. And this story is true for that, and it's true for so many more. So as we get into the word, um, pray with me. Father, I ask today that you give us eyes to see people the way you see them. Did you give a heart that feels what you feel for the people that don't know you? God, that you give us a spirit of revelation to walk with you as friends. I'd impart something to our heart today as we open up your word that only you can and transform us into your image in Jesus' name. Amen. If you agree, say amen too. All right. So Acts chapter 10, we're going to read the whole thing, not all at once. We're going to read it in chunks. Um, And I'm titling this message, if you care about titles, um, From Rooftops to Revival or The Faith of the Lost. And I like that part especially. Um, So we're going to start in verse 1, reading this story about a man named Cornelius. Now, if you've read the Bible, been around church, you may have heard this story before, but I just want to put in perspective that uh, no one would have known this guy but God, right? He was uh, somebody doing something that we would have never known about except God stepped into his story. And let's read it. Scene 1, Cornelius, verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, you can read it up here, right? Okay. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment, meaning he was a part of the Roman Empire. All right? Verse 2. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. And one day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said... Cornelius. Verse 4, Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. And the angel answered, reading here for a minute, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who's called Peter. They didn't know each other. You got to know that. He's staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. That's, you know, ancient times GPS right there. Verse 7, when the angel who spoke to him had gone, 
Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them on their way to Joppa. All right, let's stop there. So we have this guy. It says, according to the scripture, he was devout and God-fearing, but he was not a follower of Jesus. Okay? He, he, was, uh, he was a Roman man that worked for Rome. That's a thing. And uh, was known and respected by the Jews, but he was not a follower of the Lord. He did not have the Holy Spirit, but he had a heart that was bent toward wanting to know and serve God so much that he was known for it. He, he lived a God-fearing life, gave to the poor, and God was aware of this man that wanted to know him. You see that in this story? And I want to tell you, there are people out here in our world who don't know Jesus yet, as I said, but they want to. They're doing all that they can, all that they know how to try to live a God-fearing life or a good life, and they may be in churches that have lost the true seed of the gospel, and there are some of those. Or they may be currently uh, in mosques, Muslims, but they really want to know God. There may be some in the Buddhist temple on the other side of town. They, they are practicing this faith, but their hearts are bent to want to know the one true God. Maybe they're currently Mormons serving in a very false construct. Maybe they're practicing new age or witchcraft practices. But at the end of the day, what they really are looking for is God. Can you believe that? Can you believe that those people are out there? Um, and would you believe that God is chasing them down in the middle of what we would easily look at from a distance and say, well, they're deceived. Well, they're lost. God knows. God's listening. He knows the movements of their heart, and he is after them. Sometimes there are those who are steeped in, who are not, the ones who are not steeped haven't heard the story of Christianity, yet they have faith. And they're the most hungry to meet that faith with the real truth. Is this making sense? They haven't heard the story of Jesus, but there's faith alive in their soul for truth, and they're looking for truth. They are sincere, they are devout, and the truth is they may be very sincerely deceived. But as they are seeking to draw near to God, do you know what the Bible says? God is drawing near to them. And he wants to draw near to them through you and me. God sees them. He knows them. He hears them. He is acknowledging the faith in their heart. But he also knows, and let's be clear about this, they are hopeless and helpless without Jesus. The faith in their heart may be real, but it must be met with one person, Jesus. So he can send angels like he did to Cornelius, which that's a whole thing. He can send angels, but his preferred method at the end of the day where he wants to get that person to is someone who knows him, right? Um, he wants to get them to another image bearer who's met him. So how does God respond to them? He visits them. He leads them. He tries to bring them into the path of people like you and me who know him. And that's the next part of the story. They're doing what they know to draw near to God. God is drawing near to them. It's so good. Let's read the next scene. Are you ready? Verse 9. So that was Cornelius' story. Uh, the angel shows up. He freaks out. He does what the angel says. Good man, Cornelius. 
And this is the second part of the story, Peter. These guys have never met before. Verse 9, about noon the following day, as they're on their journey on and approaching a city, this is talking about Peter and his disciples, his friends, as they're on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. That was normal. Calm down. People did that a lot. Middle East, hang out on the roofs. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. Verse 10, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. Normal. Verse 11, he saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And he says, surely not, Lord. Peter replied, I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. These, according to Old Testament law, were unclean things. Jews could not eat them. Verse 15, the voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times. And then immediately the sheet was taken back into heaven. Now while Peter was wondering about, verse 17, if you're following along, while Peter's wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. And they called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. A lot of people had to believe the voice of God to make this happen. Do you see that? Verse 19, while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. Get up, go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Verse 21, Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? And the men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He's a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house and to be his guest. Yeah, of course he invited. He was still hungry. They needed to eat before they went on the journey. All right, so we're going to stop there for a sec. Come on into my house. I've been hungry. I've been praying. I saw a vision. You're here. Okay, let's stop there. I just you know, this was, this was a big moment, and, and I just want to emphasize, especially if you've heard this story before, these men had never met before. They're, they're both standing in huge faith to obey and listen to the voice of the Lord that speaks to them in, in many ways, like to go to a place, to meet a person you never met, and, you know, also, worth being said, God was speaking very specifically go to this house where this man lives, ask for a guy named Peter. You know, so God was definitely speaking, but at any point in this journey, they could have said, ah, uh, no. No, that couldn't have been it. And the whole story's lost. Right? Faith acted on in obedience is how we get from rooftop tops to revival, which is the next part of the story. But I want to I ask you the question, can, could, do you believe that if you were in Peter's shoes, that you, you could hear the Lord speaking to you, impressing on your heart, seek out people or a group that you had felt had been taught your whole life to stay away from? See, the Jews were told that not associate with Gentiles, they were unclean. Like, that's the whole Old Testament law. This is the way God had set apart his people 
in the old covenant before Jesus was through rules, regulations, and standards. You are a holy people set apart. You don't interact with those people. You don't eat these things. You don't do that stuff. This was their holiness unto the Lord. But at this point in the story, something has changed. Peter's living from an old mindset. This is what I've been taught. This is what I've lived. But he is so brand new baby to the new covenant. God's trying to teach him something. God's bringing him, and not just him, but all of the people of God into a new season of walking with Jesus. That our holiness, our set-apartness isn't about our externals, of how we manage our externals and our behavior and our, our, our ways so that everybody can see we're the people of God to where the Spirit of God comes from out of the externals into our very being and becomes one dwelling on the inside that can tell us and speak to us and transform us into a different way of acting and speaking and living. You see the difference there? Peter wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. Uh, But God's getting him ready. And God, by the Spirit, is speaking to him and changing his mind about things he thought he knew. Now see that Peter's heart was good. It was pure. No, I want to do what's right, Lord. I want to follow your way, Lord. And this is what I've been taught. But the Lord comes to him and speaks to him something that hasn't been happened before. And let's, I want this story to apply to us today, but let's just zoom out for a second and say, say it should be obvious. Now, what is happening in this is true for us today. God wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you to people who are in faith, who are looking for truth. He wants to speak to them and draw them to, to him and to you. All this is so richly applicable. But if you think that, it's going to be a paradigm shift. You think that you're going to have to see an angel who brings a blanket down with all kinds of weird animals. Like, that can all happen. But this was a big deal on this day because it's setting a brand new precedent. Okay, do you understand that? And big precedents take big signs, same as the first first pages of the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit first arrived on the scene. There was literal fire and literal sounds of rushing wind. Now, every time since then the Holy Spirit comes to indwell a believer, that doesn't normally happen. Doesn't mean it's any less real, but we're talking about paradigm-shifting moments, right? But Does the Holy Spirit still come in power on those who come to faith in Jesus? Yes. I want to read that in the end of this story. So does God still call us, speak to us, lead us, draw people out of darkness into light, and bring us to them by supernatural revelation of the Holy Spirit? Yes. And amen. So can you hear the Lord? Would you hear the Lord if suddenly he challenged your thinking about a certain group of people? If suddenly he came to you and challenged what you had been taught your whole life was the right way to do this, but the Holy Spirit comes to you. You know, and there's a lot of things here that we could say, well, how do I know this is the Lord? Because immediately when I start saying that to you, you're gonna, we're going to ask questions. Well, how do we know it's the Lord? You know, what if it's not the Lord? Well, I tell you, it's way more simple than we think it is. Let's look at the story again. What happened? Peter, they were on this journey. They stop at the house. They're hungry. They're making the food. Peter's like, well, while I wait, I'm going to go up the rooftop and spend some time with the Lord. Now, it doesn't say what he was praying about. He wasn't praying on how to reach the next city. We don't know that for sure. We just know he went up to pray. He went to have time with God. Okay, and while he's having time being with God, by the way, you don't do that, you should do that. You should do it daily. You should do it when you have free time. When you're waiting for the meal to be prepared. If, I mean, I, I struggle. I'm like, 
he should have been helping. But anyways, uh, when, when you're like, what do I do with myself now? Talk to God. All right? And when you do, uh, this is so simple. This is like kids' church for adults. Are you ready? When you go to be with God, expect God. When you go to talk to God, you should expect God to talk to you. Is this making sense to anyone? I just say that because I I talk to so many people and sometimes even myself. Well, I was praying about this thing and I had this idea that maybe I should do that or I had this impression that come to me. I just don't really know if it was God. Wait, okay, so you stopped, you were talking to God, suddenly you have a thought you didn't have before. Who else do you think is responding to your conversation? Your faith should be 99.9% of the time when I come to God to talk, he is the one talking back. Amen? No, I need, amen? Okay, I just break unbelief off your life in Jesus' name. You come to God, God will speak to you. You should expect that. You should expect nothing less. Now, look at all the reasons Peter could have put this out of his mind because this is what we would do. Well, I get so distracted. I think I was getting distracted in prayer when I was praying about that thing. Peter goes up to the roof. He's hungry. What's the vision he gets? Food. Oh, that was not the Lord. Really? That was the Lord. We would have so easily thrown that one out. Oh, that was a... That was a pizza dream. That was a, I was a fasting. That was a, blah, blah, blah. it was God. Am I right? It's what the word of God says. So when you come to God, expect God. There's so much I could say there, but come to God, expect God. Don't, don't look for reasons to discount what the Holy Spirit may be saying to you. How much do we miss because we find a reason to discount it? Oh, you know, I was praying, I thought of this person, I thought maybe I should give him a call, but you know, it was just probably because of X, Y, Z. No, stop with the, but you knows. Stop with the if, stop with the, oh, it's probably because I was hungry. Oh, it's because I was, oh, no, 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 just, just, I was, went to the Lord, I had a thought. You know what you should do? Move in faith and do it fast before you come up with an excuse. Just walk it down the path because at the end of the day, what if you do something that wasn't the Lord? What if you do something you really felt the Lord was saying but it wasn't him? You know what God will be doing? Smiling because faith pleases God. And God can even use misdirected faith. Well, I thought God told me to do this, so I did it, and I did it, and I was wrong. But then, how many times have you had that story? So, When you come to God, believe God, expect God, follow God. Is this making sense? Distraction is real, but God is more real. I don't think you heard me when I said that. Distraction in our lives, especially in the 21st century, is so real, but God is so much more real. He'll meet us in the middle of our distraction, I mean, this isn't my recommended way to do it, but if you happen to take your phone into your time and you're being with God and suddenly you find yourself looking at your phone and social media and you're like, dang, I shouldn't be doing that. You know what? God can sometimes pop up that message just for you, Becky Redowdy. You know? Like, oh, dang, I shouldn't have been to look at my phone, but God. You know? He's so there. He's so ready. He so loves to meet with you and he loves when we move in faith. When we draw near to God, when we give ourselves to God, just as Peter was, 
And just as Cornelius did, he comes near to us. You come near to the place of of prayer and faith, expect God. Let God speak to you. You know, and again, I just want to point out, Peter wasn't praying about who to minister to. We don't know what he was praying about. All we know is he gave God a chance. He took time with God. Maybe it was a good day. Maybe it was a bad day. All we really know is he was tired and hungry. He fell into a trance. You know, maybe he just like fell asleep. And yet, God. You ever been so hungry you just fall asleep? Ever been fasting and you're like trying to pray and you're like, oh, Jesus, you know, God meets you right there. Just give him the space of time. All the, the, the bottom line on that is like the idea here is like you don't have to be ready, prime, super spiritual. You just need to give yourself to being in relationship with God. Just give, give God some time. Give God some attention. He will meet you. He will lead you. He will guide you. And so, and the other thing you can't miss in this, because we could miss it from the context, is that this was a, a double whammy breaking old mindsets for Peter. Um, you know, to tell him to go speak to this man, one that he's never met, that wasn't the biggest deal. But the fact that he was part of, uh, he was a Gentile, one, which Jews were not supposed to associate, but two, that he was an important level leader in the Roman Empire. And if you didn't know, the Roman Empire had been oppressing the Jewish people for quite some time. They're the ones responsible for crucifying Jesus. But somehow God used that to save you and me. But so there are two, three strikes going on here. There was a religious issue, a, a, you know, an idea of ways to do spirituality right issue that, that Peter had to overcome to want to obey God. But there was also um, a cultural issue. These are the oppressors. Why would I go to this man? And there's a political issue too. Get it? So it's breaking wrong mindsets about the person God's trying to meet to get beyond Peter's spiritual barriers, his cultural barriers, his political barriers to get Jesus to this man who desperately wanted to know Jesus. And I don't know if I have to draw the lines too clear, but I think the Lord would love to do that with us sometimes too. We have wrong religious mindsets about people who are believing other things. We get caught up in cultural wars and we think people are so far gone, so far divided, they would never listen to us, they would never want us. We get politicized over issues and we think some people are so far gone and God says, but would you hear me if I asked you to be there with that person? Now, none of that's explained in here, but I have to believe that the Holy Spirit was helping him and Cornelius overcome a lot of prejudice, overcome a lot of baggage in this whole deal. Do you see that? The Spirit of God at work. May he help us overcome our baggage, our prejudice, so people who are hungry to know him can know him. Amen? Let's read the rest of the story. It really gets good. So you saw Cornelius, scene one. You see Peter, scene two. And now we come together. Starting in the middle of verse 23. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. So he's on his journey. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them, as he should, and called together all his relatives and close friends. I love to imagine that scene. (laughs) He's just like, he thought he was going to meet Cornelius, but the whole town came out. You know, as Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence, which is crazy. But Peter made him get up, saying, stand up. He said, I'm only a man myself. I'm not the angel. I'm not the Lord. 
Verse 27, while talking to him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. And he said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. That's a great introduction. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? See, they definitely would know what's going on on the other side of the curtain. I love it. Verse 30. Cornelius answers, well, three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send a job for Simon, who's called Peter. He's at the guest of the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. And so I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now, we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Talk about hunger. I wonder who's hungry like that in your life. Verse 34. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Mm, that's a good word. But accepts, verse 35, from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know, how, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened through the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around and doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. Keep going, verse 39. This is Peter talking. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God, verse 40, raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses who God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one who God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. All right, so he's just laying out the gospel of Jesus. Jesus came, this is what he did. He died and rose again. Anyone who believes in him will be saved. He's just telling the story to this crowd of people. Verse 44, this is so good. While Peter was still speaking his words, no altar call, no response time, no praying for anyone, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. It's Acts 1 in Cornelius' living room. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, even on fill-in-the-blank, even on those people. God can come to all those people. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Let's round out the story. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. I did not set this up for today, actually. It's so great that we're doing this today. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and then they asked Peter to stay with him for a few days. End of stories. Isn't that so good? I love this. So Peter preaches Jesus, simply shows them the missing piece of their faith. 
They had faith in God, but they didn't know how to know God. And God's like, you want to know me. I want to know you. I'm going to bring the missing piece to you through my witnesses, through my people, through the ones who are walking with me and talking with me. I'm going to bring you the missing piece. They just needed the missing piece. And when the missing piece came, it fell right into place. They believed, and the Holy Spirit falls on them all. I love that. Don't you love that? It's not as hard as we think it is. There's faith in the heart of people that don't yet know Jesus. They just need to know the one who their faith was made for. And one of the greatest privileges we have in this life is sharing him with others. You know, I think more than anything, this whole story, testimony, just illustrates the passion of our Father to bring people into relationship with himself. He will go to any length. He will go to every length. He will meet us in every way to bring people into relationship with himself. But his, his preferred mode of operation is you and me. It's us. Believers, those who will sit with him and allow his heart to permeate their heart, that he would change the way we think and feel about people that don't know him, and especially those people, whoever they are for you, because we all have them, let's be honest. He so wants to connect into the story those who've been disenfranchised. How do we go? So I'm going to summarize this three points, and I'm going to bring it home with a story. Um, How do we go from our own rooftop, if you will, of understanding to the place where we get to see people revived in faith in Jesus? And I've already talked about it, so I'm just just summarizing. One, the call to us is simply to be in friendship with God, to walk in intimacy with God. Why? Because when we do that, we'll hear what he's saying. He'll, He'll talk to us. It's that easy. You don't even have to go asking for a word. Just Walk with Jesus. (laughs) Talk to Jesus. Do it every day. Do it all the time. So to walk in intimacy with God, but two, to to walk in faith, to move with faith, that, that when we seek him, we will find him. When we ask him to speak, he will speak, and he will be found by us. So faith, intimacy, faith, but to that faith, acted in obedience. Do you see all this in the story? Everybody had these three. An intimacy with God, a faith to believe that God is God, and third, an obedience to follow him. Oh, that the Lord would give us hearts so bent to obey. Every moving, every wooing of the Spirit. Because it's not hard when we walk with him. Peter didn't have to convince these people. Do you get that part of the story? Peter just had to be convinced to go. And when he went and shared who Jesus was, it was like fire to dry wood. Blew up. He didn't do anything but obey. He didn't have to work up, muster up his courage. He didn't have to apologize the faith to them. He simply followed the Lord into a place where people had ripe hearts and God showed up. And God wants us to love that, that way as well. He wants us to listen. He wants us to obey. He wants us to move in faith. And so I ask permission to share this story. But two friends of ours, Jade and Rael, are here today. And I, and I say this is wild today. I've known I was sharing this message today for two or three weeks. I did not know that today they would be here and we'd be baptizing one of them. I say that because this story so clearly illustrates 
this testimony today. About a year ago, um, Kirby and I, I, I guess you could say, obeyed a prompting of the Spirit to put ourselves outside the house of prayer with a table and water and meet people and pray with people. And so we're just there, available, willing. It wasn't a super exciting day. I didn't feel super anointed. None of that. Just obeying the Lord in faith, making ourselves available. Along comes these two. Other side of the, so that's my story. We were there. Other side of the story, these two are meeting up, having lunch down the road. They're having a conversation about God things and how they needed God, and they said, we need a sign. God should send us a sign. And they come walking down the, the sidewalk, and we were the sign. Two people in faith over here, God's moving on them. Two people in faith over here, God's moving through us. We meet. They came to church. We got to baptize Jade, Ty. We're going to baptize Rael today. God moved in hearts through faith, people being willing to be obedient, willing to walk out in faith, willing to simply share the story. I, all I did when I met them was be kind. I did talk to them about Jesus. I love talking about Jesus. But I didn't try to stronghold them. I didn't twist their arm and say, if you, went to, if, you, if you died today, would you go to heaven? Like There was none of that. And some of that's okay to ask now and then. But it was a, a place prepared by God a moment prepared by God, like, like dry wood, fire came on, and their hearts came alive to Jesus. And we get to celebrate that today. And I want to encourage you. God wants to get you outside of your norm, outside the comfort of your Jerusalem, off the familiarity of your rooftop, uh, so that he can lead you to the people all around you who have faith but don't yet know Jesus. Because they're all around you. They may be in your family. They may be your next door neighbor. They may be on the street. At the, they may be at the Meridian Festival where, you know, Rebecca got to meet that young woman who was raised Hindi but wants to find out what she believes and hand them a Bible. Thanks for doing that. That's awesome. How, how does the Lord want to get you out? Are you willing to hear it? It's so simple. Walking into intimacy with the Lord posture yourself in faith, and walk in simple obedience. What if you get it wrong? God will be smiling, and he will meet you there. <laughs> it's, it's a win-win situation. Uh, there is no fear for us when we walk in the love of God. We lose, and other people lose, when we shrink back in fear. We say, oh, they won't want to hear from me, or I don't have the right words, None of that is what matters. That's the lose-lose situation. The win-win is, I don't really know what I'm doing, but why not try? I, I, I don't know if it's really God, but will it kill anyone if I step out in faith today? No, the truth is someone might come alive today when you step out in faith today. End of chapter 34, I think is such a, a poignant, end of the chapter, verse 34, such a poignant message for us. I'm gonna round up here. God shows no partiality, but accepts all those who will believe. God's so ready, willing to embrace and meet any person who's willing to bend their hearts in faith to him, whether it's us or the person on the other side of the nation who, who wants to know him. We simply need to be faithfully present to Jesus in our life and faithful to present the truth of, Je truth of Jesus to those who are in our life, and let God do the transforming work. He'll change us. He's good at that. That's what he loves to do. And he'll change the hearts of other people. That's his job. 
not our job. Amen? Let's stand together. I'm going to pray for you. Uh, we'll close up and then uh, we'll transition, get our kids, and celebrate a baptism today. Y'all? <sighs> Bow your heads with me if you would. Father, we thank you today that you have sought each one of us out. You called each one of us out of darkness and into your glorious light, that you are seeking and saving our hearts even this moment, and your Holy Spirit is doing the same in all the people we know, whether we see it or not. We thank you that you are the pursuer and the lover of souls, the great shepherd and overseer of our souls. Uh, we receive your good, good shepherding today. We thank you that you sought each one of us, God, that you used a someone to be a Peter to our Cornelius, and here we stand to know you today. We can't thank you enough uh, for the way that you have pursued us, known us, and loved us. We thank you today, God. Would you just keep your heads bowed for a moment? Before we move on, I want to ask a question. If there's anyone in this room today who has faith but hasn't yet met Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity, if you're ready and willing to say yes to him, to put your faith in him today and let him fill you with his spirit so you can walk in friendship with him. Is there anyone in the room today you'd, you'd say to me, that's me, I want to know Jesus today. I want to begin walking with Jesus today. If that's you and you're in the room, just raise your hand up. I want to pray for you. Anyone? All right. Well, I want to pray two things. One, Lord, just as you filled those people in Cornelius' home with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, that you do that for every person in this room today. And Lord, I pray that right now, God, you'd impress upon our hearts. If there are those who you are calling us to love and embrace, if you're looking to break wrong mindsets and change our minds about certain people right now, God, would you speak to our hearts and break that off? God, would you bring, as it were, that white blanket down and show us that you are inviting us into spaces and people and communities that we never thought we would have gone, but who you have prepared for your gospel. Would you just take a moment right now and ask the Lord, Lord, is there any, way, any place in me, any mindset in me that is hindering me? Is there any mindset in me that's keeping me from loving the people you're calling me to love? And just let the Holy Spirit right now tap on the shoulder of your heart and change your mind. Come, Holy Spirit, and change our mind in any ways we need our minds changed. I'm just going to wait here for a minute. If you would, just stay with me. Keep your eyes closed. Let the Holy Spirit uh, speak to you. If you get a thought, an idea, a person in your mind, just go with it. Say, Lord, I, I repent of my thinking there. I ask you to change me. Give me grace. Just move in faith on this. Let this be your easy faith and your quick obedience right here. Lord, I respond. Lord, I repent. Lord, I receive your heart for this person, this people right now. So, Lord, I just pray over us that you'd break off any mindset, any attitude that is not of you and that keeps us from being an expression of your love to the people you are seeking, to the, the lost who you seek to save. God, break it off of us. Set us free, even from old mindsets. Lord, specifically, we have, we have, if we have wrong religious mindsets, 
God, or if we're carrying cultural or political baggage, Lord, would you just lift it from us today, that we walk in the freedom and allow your Holy Spirit to move us. God, we thank you, God, that you have a plan to take us from our rooftop of understanding and seeing revival, God, all around us. Lord, I ask for your hand to be on every person and every person's story. I pray for many Cornelius stories to come in the days and weeks and months ahead and that we could baptize them all in the waters of Jesus. If you agree, say amen. Amen. Well, we're going to take a, a time to transition here. Uh,